patra a mistrobin hazarta. Satir Give me the power I beg of you! Awake! You are all going to die tonight. Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Hi, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. This is Jennifer Lovely. I'm Ryan Hall. Uh, so, fail. so Jen, what have you watched recently? <laughs> I have been watching actually a lot of television lately. Um, I have been, we wrapped up uh, the third season of The Expanse, which I really super enjoyed. Um, it was actually, have you watched The Expanse? No, it's not your bag. science fiction's not my bag. bag. It, I started and stopped like the first episode just a handful of times and just didn't think it was going to be for me. And then we got like four episodes into it and I was just like sold. Um, and the other thing that I started recently is uh, I started watching Killing Eve, uh, which is absolutely mesmerizing. And it's, it's only like eight episodes. Um, it's kind of, from what I gathered, kind of a female helmed, uh, Dexter sort of. It is uh, oh, a yeah. woman who works for, is it MI5, MI6? I don't know. MI something? Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> and she's tracking a female serial killer. Serial killer. Um, actually, no, she's a, a trained assassin who's, uh, oh. there's like this overarching, uh, evil group called the Twelve. Um, and she basically starts kind of going off leash a little bit and getting yeah. a bit too, uh, uh, excited and, and, yeah, uh, flamboyant with her kills. Um, for movies, uh, Jim and I went to see the new Child's Play last night and I wasn't, completely sold on it and i'd heard some really really i heard people were loving it yeah but the child's play movies have always had that i mean after i mean the first child's play didn't maybe the second but it's like freddy krueger how he went from being a monster to a wisecracking guy exactly and i like monster freddy krueger i don't like freddy the wiseacre yeah you wiseacre freddy (laughs) krueger the thing is where it's really good, it's it's fantastic, and where it bombs, it just really, really, really shits the bed. And it gets... And the thing is, is what bothered me about it, I don't know if it would bother everybody, but it, it's like, it's building up where there's going to be these murders, and then it gets really mean. Like, really, mm. really super mean, where it loses all the humor. Um, yeah. it makes It just makes a couple of choices that just bomb, where... I looked at Jim and I'm like, because it really pulled it together at the end. And I'm like, I wouldn't have gotten to that point because were I here with by myself, like, I'd have probably left because it was just getting so mean and not fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually pulled him over. I'm like, this isn't even fun anymore. Um, and it, it kind of pulled it together for the, the wrap up of the movie. But overall, I was just like, it, yeah. where it was bad, it was just so bad I, I didn't enjoy it. I've got a couple of others, but I'd love to hear Kind of what you... Uh, we'll see. What have I been watching lately? I watched um, Knife Plus Heart. I know you don't have the Jallo the Jallo yeah, gene. Yeah, but I keep, I keep And I don't really like Jallo either. But this kind of clarified to me the things I don't like about it. All right. Which are... I feel like Jallos are always bogged down with trying to explain themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the... Ma- like... I feel like we're supposed to care about solving the mystery of who the murderer is mm-hmm. in a Jallo. And yet the film takes us in every direction but that and then throws that on as kind of an excuse at the end in some cases. There's films that don't do that, like, uh, that I really love. I love Phenomenon by Argento. There's a few that I like. Um, but a lot of them are very much the black loved killer and finding his motivations. Knife Plus Heart does that. Mm-hmm. But whereas most Jallo are about beautiful women being killed beautifully, in Knife Plus Heart, it's uh, gay porn stars. Oh, okay. Who are being hunted and killed. And it's kind of a clever... When you get to the end and you find the mystery, it's kind of an interesting... It's kind of an interesting story. 
Um, but it has a lot of graphic gay sex in it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you don't really see any full-on boners, but you know they're there. <laughs> there. Those boners are inferred and you know it. <laughs> There's, it's, there is a Sorry. lot of fake gay sex in it. Yeah. Um, I, it's bleak. It's filmed on old film stocks, so it looks really grainy and yeah. aged, which I loved. Uh, Vanessa Paradis is really good in it. Um, she plays the... Oh, yeah. She's the woman that produces the films. Oh, cool. And she, the woman that edits the porn films, was her lover for 10 years, but they've just broken up. Huh. And the lover is staying on to finish this last film. And then all of their stars are being murdered. Yeah. And... I liked it a lot in some ways, and I didn't like it in other ways. Like, there were points where I was like, oh, I can't take much more of this. I'm so bored. And then I'm like, oh, look, 15 minutes till the end of the film. Let's go. I understand those feelings. But it has a lot going on in it, and I really like how sleazy they made it feel. It feels like something you might be watching on 42nd Street in Times Square. Yeah. And I enjoyed that aspect yeah. of it a lot. <laughs> Um, how did you feel uh, giving uh, us a rewatch for our last horror movie Friday? I think that I was surprised how much scarier it was. Knowing what's happening in that movie, and I'm not going to spoil it because maybe yeah. you haven't seen us, but knowing what's happening makes watching it all unfold even more unnerving. Yeah. I think what I enjoyed even more, because it was actually my third viewing, because we went and saw it twice in the theater, mm -hmm. within a pretty short time frame. Yeah. So I was like, there's, I want to rewatch it again, knowing what I know now. Right. Um, I, I think everybody that's in it has been given a lot of credit, but I don't think they've been given enough credit for the portrayals of the Multiple tethered. characters. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fear that is induced with, Every single family member, and, mm -hmm. and and just oh, and and the scene where they're underneath, like reenacting. Oh, that scene that, is so. Oh, scary. it's so terrifying. No and spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, the people playing the so-called everybody, the like, people playing the so-called monsters, which are also the people who play the so-called normal people. It's it's just terrifying. It's a movie that the flips other that family? algorithm around. Yeah, the, the, even that the twin daughters. Oh, I just yeah, I loved and I I think it's really going to bear to like repeated viewings for me just to kind yeah. of watch for. Oh yeah, I look forward to watching it again and, in like a year or so. Yeah, um, had you seen Haunter before? I don't remember if you. No, I liked Haunter. Haunter. Yeah, I had not seen it. Yeah, I really like Stephen McCaddy, and so you know. Anytime yeah. I get to have him show up. And we've been talking about showing uh, Haunter since, I basically think, since Jimmy yeah. and I started dating. Yeah, that's when I want to show Monty because he likes weird time traveling nonsense like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I was going to mention, um, I think I might... Oh, uh, well, movie-wise, uh, just randomly the other day I worked from home. And I kind of wanted something I'd seen before, mm -hmm. but like something I'd, I think... Yeah. I think you mentioned... like. Well, don't you mean this? I rewatched Ghost Story because uh, we were talking oh, yeah, about the, another uh, film. the Fred Astaire yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, with all and of the old uh, uh, classic movie actors. I have not rewatched that yet. It's, it's playing on Shutter. If you have a, I know, subscription I have a Shutter subscription. The reason I haven't watched it is because for my podcast, The Night Library, we read a book called Abracadabra, mm -hmm. and it was so blatantly a ripoff of. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> With the group of old men who had a club in town and they would get together to tell their stories, but they had dark secrets. It was very much similar to that, except it wasn't very good. <laughs> I I would be really interested because I feel like... But I do want to see Ghost Story again. I just... I really enjoyed it and, and I really walked away with a pretty big appreciation for all of the actors in it. Um, I would be, though, really interested in speaking with somebody younger. I know a lot of the people that I've met, like, through Crypticon, mm -hmm. and just kind of see what their feelings are. Because, I mean, it is a differently paced 
right. film. Yeah, it's and not see a, if they still enjoy it's it. It's not an in-your-face horror mm-hmm. film. It's more like The Changeling or something yeah. where things are subtle. Yeah. Ooh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I just I was thinking about that. The, the last thing I was going to mention was, um, I think I mentioned wrapping up Chernobyl um, in probably our mm. last podcast. Yeah. But I don't know if I mentioned there was an accompanying podcast that was done with an episode for each episode of the show uh, that was done by the showrunner and creator of the series. And it is, a, if you like the, the show, um, it's a wonderful accompaniment to it. And it talks about a lot of his drive for making this show yeah. right now. And yeah, because it's very timely in yeah. its horror. Yeah. And it's uh And I know we I know it's not technically a horror film, but it is a horror film. Oh, it really is. It's just a based on fact horror film that's a lot closer yeah. to what happened than Psycho is to Ed Gein. Yeah. Uh was there anything else that you've seen lately yeah. that you wanted to bring up? Yeah. Um, let's see. I've been watching on HBO a show called Los Espookies. <laughs> I just it love is, that name. <laughs> it is a comedy about some kids who have a, who basically haunt people's houses for them in exchange for money. <laughs> and they're, they're, it, it's really funny. It's not, it's in Spanish. Yeah. Um, I just, I really enjoy it. I like the way that there's one of the main characters who's kind of a goth dude. He always wears black and he's got the long hair. And he reminds me of people I know and he reminds me of people I've met at horror conventions because he is so into horror. And he's just kind of a lovable character. There have only been two episodes, so who knows where it's going. But it's charming. That's one of the things I really like that... um uh, HBO has put out some really good uh, Hispanic shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think we were talking about it, which I think kind of led to the idea of doing this episode. Yeah, uh, We're doing our theme for this uh, this podcast is Hispanic horror. And it's, you know, covering kind of a broad area. We're covering right. Spain, covering Mexico, and then all of we're South America. all of South America. So some of it is not Hispanic. Some of it is Portuguese. Yeah. But we wanted to include a large area, and we so we went. Yeah, yeah just kind of covering a lot of the bases. But I think we uh, we were talking about it uh, even like a month and a half ago, and that was one of is uh, what was it? Los Ep- Epitaphos. Ep- oh yeah, Los Epitaphos. We were talking about that online, which is kind of a thriller. Uh, Isn't it? A t- s- I thought it was a TV series, it, but it was. But it was put out by um, HBO Latina. Oh, okay. Uh, which just made me think of that because uh, the is it Las Spookies? La- Las Espookies <laughs> is also put out by HBO. Yeah, but they've been putting out some really good um, Spanish content over the last couple of years. I mean that Las Epitados. Uh, I always butcher the pronunciation on that. Epitaphos um, is. I mean, I watched that fifteen years ago, so I yeah, mean, they've got a, a history in there of yeah. putting out some good content. Um, let's see, I'm still making my way through the anime My Hero Academia, which <laughs> continues to be charming and fun, even though it's getting darker and darker, mm-hmm. which I like. I like when something starts off with, oh, it's our first, it's kind of the Harry Potter thing where yeah. the first couple books are cute and fun, and then the Dementors show up, and then things get worse and worse and worse. Or more, or... or the threats get larger as they get older. And I think that My Hero Academia is also doing a, fu- a good job with that while still being true to being a goofy um, anime. Mm-hmm. And I watched a movie called We Are X, which oh, is I've a documentary about that. X Japan, who were the first Visual K band. Yeah. They were certainly the first band I saw. I saw them on some Japanese language channel when I was channel surfing Back in the early and 90s. And aren't they just beautiful? Oh like my god, they're, they're beautiful. gorgeous. And they used to have this massive hair. And now they've <laughs> aged a lot and they've got yeah. normal hair, but they're still beautiful. Ugh. And, aren't and they it's just, a really sad story. And aren't they just killing themselves by touring? Isn't there a couple yeah, of Yeah, that's what that the main having... thing is that the, the drummer who's like the main guy in the band, 
he's been in this band since he was like in high school. Wow. He started this band with his best friend from the neighborhood. At one point, his best friend, who had been in the band when they were at the top of their game, mm-hmm. quit the band because he met a girl and joined some crazy cult. And then he was in a cult for like 20 years and finally came back and rejoined the band. Meanwhile, the drummer is injuring himself when he drums because he's drumming, he's playing so, so much harder than he needs to. Oh. And it's, and then of course they had a guy in the band who died. Oof. And people were saying, oh, he hanged himself. But the guys in the band are like, no, we did this thing where you put a towel around your neck and you hang it from your doorknob and you use it to stretch out your neck after you've been headbanging. Hmm. And they think that he just got drunk and screwed that up. Is what the guys in the band say. It because but it could go the guy that way. killed himself was, according to them, a super happy, upbeat guy. But that yeah. doesn't mean you're not depressed. Yeah, it could go either <laughs> way. But it was like one yeah. of his be- one of his dear friends that he yeah. really loved working with, and it's a great documentary because this band has been through so much. And even if you haven't heard of X Japan, and a lot of people here haven't, mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting and worth watching, just because it's a good story. Yeah, it looked gorgeous. That was and my just... documentary corner. <laughs> right. It is. It's gorgeous and it's it's good, but it's it just made me sad. I'm like, oh, guys, you're working so hard, and you need to learn to work smart. Not yeah, not murder yourself while you're. He's a drummer. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, so I watched that, and um, I watched a western called Damsel. Which I kind of liked. Yeah. I love westerns. Uh, you might like Damsel. I'll tell you more about it later. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. And I uh, saw the London production of Kinky Boots in a movie theater last night. That was super fun. Um, oh, uh, we took Tecla to go some... see uh, Wicked. Oh, the that theater, must have been. wonderful. Yeah, but you went to an actual, actual stage theater, whereas yeah. I went to a movie theater. To see it. So you yeah. get all the points. <laughs> And, and paid a lot of money. <laughs> it that really show, hit me. Some shows are really worth, worth paying it. a lot they really of money. Are. And I want to go see Beetlejuice because that's very, a show really with a things. lot of amazing stage special effects yeah. in it. And like all the lighting is projection mapped so they mm-hmm. can make the set look different without moving anything. That's and awesome. I am, I would love to see that. I went and saw on Broadway Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Because it was a special effects extravaganza, and, and I I love that stuff. Yeah, I I knew I saw because um, I haven't seen that many kind of Broadway productions, and I saw Wicked five years ago, mm-hmm. and I knew then, like as soon as it came through again, that it was something I wanted to take Tecla to, and it just um, worked out amazingly this year that she had just done a production with her school of The Wizard of Oz, which just oh my God. led beautifully into seeing Wicked. <laughs> I would like to mention that production. If you are ever <laughs> in a sad spot in your life and you don't really know what you're going to do, go see an elementary school production of a show because the earnestness on display will restore your faith in humanity. (laughs) They were so earnest and so cute. And they they worked really hard. And they worked really hard on it. And they were really... And they were... Actually, it was really good. Really good. There was a couple of really good singers. Yeah. There were some really good singers. It wasn't a slog. No. It was a nice cut-downer version. It went fast. So that's my review of the elementary school production of The Wizard of Oz, <laughs> which is, I know, the only reason you guys are turning I know. They've been waiting. Yeah. Waiting and waiting. So let's get into our Hispanic horror. Okay. So what are some of your favorites? I know that um, in prep for this, I know you were doing a lot of research and running across a lot of movies you did not enjoy. It's true. There were some I did not enjoy, but there was like the first one I watched was so crazy. Yeah. That I have to tell you at least the basic plot. This well, is a black and me. white movie from 1962. It's called The Witch's Mirror. Oh. That sounds awesome. The well, plot theory. of this movie. <laughs> this guy, there's a guy and he's married. And I believe his wife is his daughter's housekeeper, or is the housekeeper's daughter. Okay. So he marries his housekeeper's daughter, and then he murders her. Like he did. The housekeeper, <laughs> who isn't fired or doesn't leave her position, curses him, because she's also a witch. Oh, well, yeah. 
curses him that he will be punished for his crime. A week later, he goes out and marries his long-term girlfriend and brings her home to the house. The ghost wife sets her on fire. And I think this is kind of lame because, honestly, new wife didn't kill her. Yeah, she should be really setting him on fire. Catches her on fire, and she gets horribly, horribly burned. So the husband, turns out he's a mad scientist. Yes. So he starts going into town to try to find women with beautiful hands that he can cut off to sew back to sew onto his wife. And he finally gets a pair of hands from a grave robber. But ghost wife in the middle of the night substitutes them with her dead body's hands. Oh. So he ends up sewing plot and murder. So he ends up sewing his murdered wife's hands onto his living but horribly burned wife. And then of course the hands strangle him. Because the hands do horrible things yeah, to him. Yeah, because they're evil And hands. I think that the movie ends with the hands strangling him. <laughs> That's it. I'm not sure how far it the goes end. on past there. But there's so <laughs> much going on. There's witches. There's ghosts. There's mad science. There's grave robbing. And for a movie, for black and white 1962 movie, it was kind of fun because I didn't know what was going to happen next. Because... How can you know in that situation? Oh, now he's a mad scientist. Okay, I'm ready for this. Yeah. So I really liked it because it was magic and mad science. And it's like someone had decided, well, there's these two genres of horror film and I can't decide which. So witches versus scientists. (laughs) So although I originally claimed I didn't like that movie, I actually kind of enjoyed it. It's a little slow paced. Yeah. But... After I wrote down what happened in it, I was like, I've got to be insane not to like this movie. (laughs) So that's one of mine. Um, What's one of yours? I am going to go, just because we're going kind of ridiculous, um, I am going to go with a a kind of a comedy horror, which uh, Jim really had to twist my arm with it. And I ended up being so much more charmed than I ever thought I was going to be. And it's called Game of Werewolves. Uh, and, uh, the basic gist is, um, this guy moves back to his hometown, is hanging out with one of his high school friends, and he's got this little dog with him, which is the most, he, he, like, outacts everybody in the entire movie. (laughs) What a good dog. Good doggy. And then there's all of this ridiculousness involving werewolves, hijinks, a lot of, like, the humor's a little odd, which I have a feeling is probably going a little bit into, like... Cultural. Cultural humor. Yeah. But I laughed so much watching this movie, and I just didn't... And it was also kind of a little heartfelt. Um, and I was just yeah. really shocked. It, it, I was, you know, it was one of those where I had to look at Jim and go, okay, you were right. Have you ever we should have watched this. Have you ever seen Day of the Beast? I haven't, and I've kind and of wanted it to. Is this is the priest, com- right? It, that, yeah, that is like it's a horror movie with comedy in it. Yeah, it's a, it's the same guy. The Antichrist is. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I did not like witching and bitching, witching and bitching at all. But I was looking at his I am at the director's IMDb. It's um Alex de la Iglesias, and I realized that he directed Axion Mutante, which is a great movie. Um the it's a science fiction movie more than a horror movie. The plot is that beautiful people are running everything, and if you're not beautiful, you're forced to live in, you're treated horribly, and you have to live in, like, this awful, like, ghetto. So the mutants all get together and kidnap the daughter of the most beautiful person, who is, of course, the mayor. And then it kind of goes on from there. There's a guy who's a Siamese twin, and his Siamese twin dies, and he has to taxidermy him. (laughs) So he's dragging this taxidermy guy around attached to him. And it's really, really over-the-top, crazy action comedy. The thing that is so strange, because I remember looking into, after I watched The Baby's Room, I'm like, well, I want to see... Something else like his, yeah. He goes all over the place. Like oh, there he is does. no rhyme or reason. No, to he the does comedies. He, does. Um, he also directed the Baby's Room, which was which a is, made-for-TV movie. I did not know that. I didn't either. Uh, but it, it's really creepy, and I love that. Yeah, it's like, on one of those four after midnight collections. Yeah. And I've heard really good things about yeah. some of the other ones too. But I yeah, and he also any of them. did um, 
something else I liked. That Perdita... De Luis. Oh, Perdita Durango, which is kind of based on the Matamoros cult murders, but it is an over-the-top Quentin Tarantino on way too much speed kind of action violence movie, which I liked when I first saw it, which was years ago. I don't know if I'd still like it, but... But you liked it then. I liked it then, so I'm talking about it. (laughs) I'm sure there's lots of people that are into that crazy-ass Tarantino thing. I really enjoy is there's a bunch of movies and I, I think I'm painting with probably a really broad brush at this point mm-hmm. but um, the baby's room is you're kind of like weighing is this a different dimension are there ghosts what's going on is yeah. reality strange yes I really like that and you mm-hmm. see that a lot in South American yeah, Mexican because there's the house at the Central end of American time, horror films which that's, is kind of like yeah that you're too. right that's also is that also Mexican uh, the house at the end of time is uh, Venezuelan. Yeah, you're right. I have it on my list. Yep. And then there's another one that I saw that kind of does the same thing too, where you're like, "What What's happened happening? here? Is it time what crimes? time are we in?" No, it's one called The Uninvited Guest. Oh, I have um, not which seen is that. Out of Spain. Um, but time crimes is that is like is it time travel? Is it other dimensional? Other dimensions? Is it you know what's going on? Can I trust? The narrative that I'm seeing. Um, and I don't know if that was just the movies that I was drawn to and they happen to be, you know, or if it right. is kind of a cultural bent that they enjoy that, you know, but who knows? I mean, it's a big part of the world. Yeah. But, you know, um, there's definitely ones that I've I've watched and really enjoyed. Right. And different, world, different parts of the world draw on traditions that we're not necessarily familiar with, which is why I think Japanese horror was so big, big. and still is, is it because fresh... it is almost inexplicable if you're not really in, if you don't know a lot about the culture. culture. It's almost no, inexplicable, and that makes it scarier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a movie that uh, I watched that I kept having it pop up as a recommendation, and I finally watched it recently, was Julia's Eyes. Um, basically there's twin sisters and, uh, at the very beginning of the film, the one sister hangs herself and they both have a degenerative eye disease, which is causing them to go blind. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the sister and her husband go back to the sister who's died's house and they've been out of contact for, I think, close to a year. And um, it's basically digging through her neighbors and her friends and trying to find out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Except they all talk about this man that she was spending time with, but nobody saw him. And so you're like, is it a hmm. ghost? Or is it a ghost? Or is, is it, it a supernatural event of some something? And, or is it just some guy? Or is it just the attic some his head down. guy? Yeah. And strange things start happening to her she starts losing more of her vision her husband's getting really scared because uh her doctor's theory is that uh stress will cause further incidents and cause her to lose more of her sight and so they just you know and it it, it's where they're not believing her but strange things are happening and it just gets weirder and weirder it's really really well done you really i think they do a really good job of, of fleshing out all of the characters that are in this. And Mm -hmm. there's some really creepy and scary things that happen. It does feel a little bit more like a thriller than a straight horror story. That's fine. It does... It feels like it stretches out just a little too long at the end with a few too many twists. But overall, like, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, It's just, you know, there's a lot of movies out there where it goes on just a little too long. It gets just a little too convoluted towards the end of it. But overall, I still really enjoyed the story. And I'm I'm glad it's been recommended to me a bunch of times. that's good. Where's it from? Uh, That one is Julia's Eyes. I'm pretty sure it's just Spain. Oh, cool. My movie, I have a movie from Spain from 1986. And I think it is actually on Shudder right now called In a Glass Cage. And In a Glass Cage is about, there's a guy who is in an iron lung. And they hire a younger man, a young man, to to be his nurse and to take care of him. And the young man is snooping around the house and he starts finding the old man's scrapbooks. 
And it turns out the old man is a Nazi. He's a war criminal. He is dying in his iron lung. And, um... And doesn't he, like, kind of start punishing him? The, yeah, the nurse kind of turns against him and Mm -hmm. then kind of turns into him. Yeah, I kept seeing this. And it turns into this, and it gets to the end where you feel like you're watching a fairy tale. Ha! It just gets weirder and weirder, and then it turns (laughs) into this almost beautiful fairy tale. And it, it it's demented and weird, huh. and um, it is from Spain. It's directed by a guy named I don't know um, August Villaronga. So I, I really like that. I kept seeing that. I saw it in so many lists, and it looked really interesting. But it was just oh, I'm gonna have to check it out. It's then. really good, but it's very it's. Not so much scary as haunting. Oh yeah. If yeah, so, yeah, no, it's not like there's not that. a lot of scares in it, but it it's definitely will put you in a mood, a spooky mood. Oh, <laughs> uh, the uh, one that I had had recommended to me a long. It was actually one that uh, I remember when Michael Montour was still on the podcast with me, and he watched it. And he worried that because it involved children, that it would be a bit too upsetting, and I didn't find that bothering me was um uh do 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 do, here comes the devil oh yeah that's the one where the kid wanders off and comes back and maybe he's possessed so it's kind of like a brother and a sister oh so there's two kids that could be yeah and i think i had started this uh, it's really strange within the first 10 minutes of the film there's a a really graphic uh, lesbian sex scene that it opens with. Yes, you told me about this. And I don't then, know. If, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, but we, we were didn't. Talking about why and, is this start happening? The, and then, so it starts out the story, and then there's an attack, and then one of the women gets murdered, and then it flashes to the story with these this parent and their two children, a boy and a girl, and they're out wandering, kind of in these the hills. And it's like the sandy mountainous area. And they go back to town. They stop at the store. And the kids want to keep going out um, exploring the mountain. So they let them go and walk for a while. And the parents, like, hang out in the car to, like, take a nap. Mm -hmm. Except they have, you know, their own sexual encounter in the car. And it was, like, within, like, the first nine minutes of the film, I'm like, there's a lot of sexing going on. So much. (laughs) Uh, but it ended up their their kids come back. Was the sexing ever? Does the sexing ever become relevant to the plot? No. Well, kind kind of by the plot. Oh, but the kids don't come back, and so they end up uh, searching with police officers, and then they end up finding them. Mm-hmm. But but it's like a day later, and so they're just the 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 tension like as they're searching for the kids mm-hmm. and as the parents are getting really angry at each other because they're just so terrified yeah and then they bring them back and they just don't seem right um and uh they leave them for the night with um a babysitter and then after that she disappears and the wife ends up finding her later and she's just traumatized um and tells wow. this like horrifying story of like watching the children um it is, it is tense and scary and horrifying. And, and it's one of those movies mm. where, like, the final scene, you're just kind of agape at, like... Is I Saw the Devil? It's, um, Here you Comes saw, the Devil. Here Comes the Devil. I Saw the Devil's a Korean horror film. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. It just, um, I think I started a couple of times and it just dove right into some, some, so much sex. <laughs> Which, you know... Which is fine. fine. I know. I, I was just... I was, you know... <laughs> when I was watching... Um, it was just so soon. Part, <laughs> I was really... I was really excited because I felt like there were so many references in the films, the gay porn films she is making, mm-hmm. contains so many references to actual historic gay porn films. Yeah. Like, there's a scene that is clearly a scene from Pink Narcissus. Or a scene that is from some other film that's a famous gay porn film that I've heard about. 
And that I kind of enjoyed. <laughs> I was like, hey, who else? I, I guess these references are for me, because yeah, I can't go. imagine other people getting them. But <laughs> when I worked at the video store up on Capitol Hill, I watched a lot of gay porn, because we had a lot of gay customers who would come in and say, can you recommend anything? Like, so I felt like I should watch one thing from each of the major directors so yeah. that at least I would know. Yeah. Yeah. It was for science. <laughs> I remember, this is completely off topic, but... I need to put my seat back. That may make a noise. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I I have a recliner. My hips have been hurting really bad. Oh, I don't like that. I have a recliner sofa that my husband's family moved away to Las Vegas, which we are going to see them next week. And they bought these sofas brand new and hated them. And so before they, they were moved, wrong. they were aren't so they? wrong. And Jim and I are so thankful all mm-hmm. of the time that that they hated these for whatever reason because we love them. I know Jillian and I argue over this spot on the sofa <laughs> every Friday night. <laughs> I am going to completely skip on the the book. Uh, no, no I just okay. So I'm a big reader of like the urban um, mm-hmm. uh, urban fantasy. Where it's, you know, usually there's, like, shifters or this or that. And a lot of them have a a sex bent or a romance bent on them. But there was this one series that I just laughed so hard about. I ended up reading a bunch of it because it kind of, like, it kind of won me over in the Mm -hmm. end. (laughs) But, like, within... (laughs) Well, they're shifters. But, like, within, like, three or four pages... He, they already had him standing very close behind her, and she could feel his erection. I'm like, I'm not ready to hear about her feeling his erection. I'm not only three until, pages. Uh, no, I, that, that does not happen until the end of the chapter. I know. I'm like, I want to be on like page seventeen. I'm like, what are they? At the end of every other chapter. What kind of what kind the of formula. what kind of where animals are these? Like, where bonobos? Like, there's just <laughs> so much sex. <laughs> so anyhow, what's another? Um, um, I just recently watched a Mexican horror film called The Similars. Um, it's directed by a guy named Isaac Esban. And it's really, it's really odd. And it is very much modeled on, not a specific one, on The Twilight Zone. Because it comes in and there's an announcer saying, it's a stormy night. Blah, 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 blah. And then you go into the story, and then at the end of the story, he, the announcer comes back on and does a Twilight Zone style over the closing credits spiel. And I really liked it. It was a fun, shortish movie. It had a good twist ending. Um, it's super violent, but it's black and white. Huh. It, it's, I mean, it just came out recently, but it's in black and white. I think in keeping with the Twilight Zone thing, it's really violent. Um, and basically people are getting this illness that makes them look like one guy. They all look, have exactly the same face and head. And they're trying to figure out what's causing this. Who is this guy? Why do we all look like him? And then some really weird stuff happens. Like, they go into a room with a calendar that had a pinup girl on it, and the picture on the calendar has his head. So, like, that's just strange. It so is. It's very funny. Is, it, is it a satisfying wrap up? Kind of. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I I felt it was fun and maybe not a horror movie that's gonna stick with me for being scary, yeah. but a horror movie that I would say I recommend to people. Um, um, it's not my favorite of horror, the horror movies on the list, but it's good. Uh, I'm going to bring up, and I know I've brought up this movie before, but, um, Thesis or Thesis, um, out of Spain. It's, uh, um, what is it? Alexandre, it's Andro Amenabar. Amenabar. Yes. And, um, it, it. Well, I mean, I've already kind of covered it a bunch of times. But we have anyway, mentioned it before. Yeah, there's a woman who's doing her thesis on violence in the media. And uh, through the recommendation of one of her professors, goes looking in their archives for a film that's rumored to be a snuff film. And uh, <laughs> that does remind me. So the guy that she has helping her is a metal fan and a horror movie fan. Uh, because in a, a, one of the things that really cracks me up, because at the end of Here Comes the Devil... 
mm-hmm. like creepy, suspense, suspenseful, mm-hmm. like family drama. The credits roll, bam, heavy, heavy metal. metal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and it's just like if, if the devil's involved in a Spanish in, language horror movie, you know it's going to be wrapping up with some metal yep. music. In um, Day of the Beast, the Spanish film. When the priest knows that the Antichrist is going to be born, he knows what city he's in, but he doesn't know exactly where. So he goes to the evilest place he can, and it's the heavy metal record store. And he gets the counter clerk to come help him find the Antichrist. <laughs> I'm really sad because there was another one by um, Alex de la, de la Iglesias called The Bar that I, I kept huh. meaning to watch. Um, basically, there's a series of uh, gunshots, and it traps these people in this bar in Madrid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've, seen, to, com- I've seen the trailer so for that. So have I. And it was just, I meant to watch it, yeah. but I just didn't. Um, yeah, with him, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, it could be fantastic. It could be, it could it could be, be a comedy. It could be terrible. We don't know. <laughs> um, well, his films aren't all aren't terrible. They're yeah. just, as you said, not for everyone. Everybody, yeah. Um, the comedy is kind of Witchin was... It was too broad a comedy. Yeah. Um, I know that I have, I mean, uh, do you have, like, did you, did you specifically want to talk about any of Guillermo de Toro's Spanish No, because language? I'm pretty sure that anyone who is listening it, to this has seen, like, Chronos and uh, Devil's Backbone, which are excellent. And if you haven't Labyrinth. seen them, and Pan's Labyrinth. So if you haven't seen them, you should. Absolutely explore. But we pretty much think... I thought they're pretty mainstream, Dream. and we might just this mention point. them in passing yeah. rather than discuss them in detail. Because we, yeah. I think we've talked about them before, and and I think most people have. The right. other thing and I wanted to throw them. out there is the Wreck series is oh. is again Spanish and absolutely wonderful. Um, he did a movie in 1999 called Los Nombres, which I haven't heard of. It is. A woman whose six-year-old daughter is kidnapped. And when they find her, the daughter, they find the daughter's bracelet. Mm-hmm. But all of the identify there's no way to identify the body positively. Um, oh. Hands and head are removed and stuff. Uh, yeah. So they can't prove for sure it's her daughter, but she, she believes this is her dead daughter. Mm-hmm. And then several years later, she gets a phone call, and it's her daughter saying, please help me. I've heard about this. You have to come help me. You have to get me away from these people. And it's like a weird cult. She's like, claims that she's taken by a cult, and the mother is like drug and alcohol addicted at this point because she's been mourning for so long, and she feels so bad. It's a really good, straight up horror movie. Oh, that sounds... Yeah. Really interesting. Most Though I numbers. don't know if I'd be able to watch that. You might not. <laughs> so what else do you have? Um, well, there's that movie that we watched that I really liked, which was the Argentinian film, Terrified. Yeah. That movie gave me nightmares and kept me up that night. It is. That's not a thing that usually happens to me. I have... I don't think I've ever seen a movie that uses jump scares as well as that movie did. Oh my god! And it's just—it's it's just, unsettling. It's, it's so much imagery. It wasn't. Just, it's not the jump. I don't jump scares. Don't yeah. really get to me too much, except that time that your cat jumped on the couch at yeah. exactly the same time as yeah. the cat scare. Yeah, I know that you. I know you trained your cat to do that, hey, Max. Oh, Rice doesn't Here, like cat treat. scares. Let's give her a real one. Wow. So yeah, jump scares aren't a thing that I like, but this movie uses them very well. well and just the story, it was and just... it's... <sighs> the neighborhood it takes place in... Yeah. Is this little neighborhood in Argentina, kind of a lower class neighborhood. Oh, the, the, st- um, the story of the little boy. And just the, like... When you're watching something to see if it's moving and right, it like, shouldn't be moving. Yeah. Like something, you when you watch this movie, when, like, by the time it gets to the story about the little boy, and it's not, it's a bunch of stuff that goes weird in this one neighborhood. And, and there's like something is happening houses. in different houses. Yeah. So it's not really a anthology film. No, it's just. But one of the houses, there's a little boy in it who's 
Yeah. And you end up watching that and being hyper vigilant because, oh my God, something is going to move in the background of the scene that is not supposed to be moving. And sometimes, and when that does happen, it's so scary. And I mean, there's, there's so many moments that I can remember from the movie where, you know, the, where, where the, the, it starts out, the shower scene and the wife, being able to hear the voices from the drain. There's just something yeah, so fucking terrifying. That she hears about the voices that. of the dead coming up through the drain. And then is and scary. then he keeps and hearing then, this thumping and yelling at his neighbor for doing housework in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. And then we find out then later we go over and see what's going on in the neighbor's, neighbor's house, which is just worse. And it's even worse because Don't reach a, under the bed. There's a thing under the bed. <laughs> It's just, it's... And it just gets up. And the scariest thing is that when the thing comes out of the bed and it just walks around the house and you just see this... Yeah, yeah, it's just terrible. Because you don't know if it's going to kill him. You don't know if it's an extra-dimensional thing. You don't know what it is. It's human-shaped as far as we can tell, but we don't really see a face... Yeah, and it, so but, it, but it doesn't seem and also, shaped properly. It and seems it's too large misshapen and too long in, and, in some way. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, I, yeah it's, it's really <laughs> scary. Um, it gave me a nightmare, and now my dog is being a jerk, and she's afraid of my room for some reason, and sometimes stares under the bed while I'm laying on it, like there's something under there. Please don't do that, Bianca. There is no reason for her to do that. I crawled under the bed last night. I took everything out i'm like okay what and then she went under the bed and sniffed around loudly for like an hour i don't know what she was doing. she's protecting you i don't want a thing under my bed <laughs> the only thing that could be worse is she, she goes over to the closet door oh and starts poking around there that's i'm more scared of the closet than the bed but if you knew what was in my closet <laughs> i mean you see what i wear <laughs> my closet's pretty scary so yeah i love terrified <laughs> Uh, directed by Demian Rugna from 2017. Where did we see that? Was that on Amazon or on Shutter? I think. Oh, I know I bought it. Um, Good, because I want to watch it again. Because I'm able to sleep <laughs> again now, so it's time to disrupt that. <laughs> You've had enough of that sleeping thing. So I did not put this movie on my list, but when you brought it up again, right as we started, right before mm-hmm. we started the podcast, that the movie Anguish. From, isn't it 87, I think? But it's um, got I Zelda. Think I, wrote, I just wrote down the year. Let me see. Anguish, 1987. Oh, I, I can remember things. It's amazing. Um, can't remember my passwords. I remember when movies came out. Um, it has Zelda Rubenstein in it. And I've talked about it. And I can't remember why I yeah. brought it up in the past. We've mentioned it in the past. Um, one thing is it doesn't really fit in this with the podcast. Because it's, it's not... not a Spanish language film, but it is made in Spain. Spain. Like one of my favorites is falls under exactly that thing. It's got a Spanish director, but it's all in English. What is that? Um, that is do, 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 horror train or terror train. Hmm. I can't help with that. Wasn't I just the, bought it on Blu-ray. Wasn't the others also Horror filmed? Express? It horror is Express? Horror Express. Huh. Well, the others is also directed by a Menabar, the same yeah. guy that did Thesis. Yeah, which is it done in and English, I don't but know. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was filmed in Spain too. It might have been, but yeah. But yeah, my F- Terror Express ha- is one of those films that you can't believe wasn't just straight up made at Hammer Studio because it's got Christopher Lee, it's oh. got Peter Cushing, it's got the whole gang, it's got a weird Telly Savalas as a Russian. I kind of want to see this now. I'll bring it over. I just, like I said, I just <laughs> bought it on Blu-ray and I have not even opened it yet. And I'm super excited about seeing it. So seeing it on a big screen would, would be, be great. Awesome. Well, we should do that then. Um, I do still have some Spanish language films left on my list. Do, do you? I have, I have a couple. I got a couple. Um, I did watch the original Mexican version of the movie We Are What We Are. Now, it was remade as an American film with yeah. the same title. And the American film is about a family who kind of live out out in the woods and they're cannibals. But the Mexican version all takes place in this little tiny apartment in Mexico City. And it's really... Um, it's really a very small and enclosed movie mm-hmm. about this family. And I... 
didn't really like it. And so I've been thinking a lot about why I didn't like it. And it's not so much the story as the atmosphere. I feel so bad for these people because they're living in this horrible, filthy apartment. Yeah. And, yeah. And they have to, and they end up having to work so hard to support themselves. I'm like, yeah, of course you're eating human flesh. It's cheap. You can get it. (laughs) Um, But the other thing I didn't like about that film is that they're always talking about why they eat the human flesh and how they, we have to prepare for the ritual. But they never explain what the ritual is or how you prepare for it. It's just, they just talk about the ritual. And that really kind of got on my nerves a lot. As the children try to step up, their father dies in the early part of the film. And the children have to step up and start bringing in the food. And the mother will not allow them to eat prostitutes, which is the easiest. And yeah, and they talk about the ritual, but they never explain what it is. Um, the father dies early in the movie, and then the rest of the family is left trying to kind are of... left trying to fill in the spiritual void. Ew. And of course, when the father dies, they find a human hand in his stomach. So the police are now looking to find out why this generally normal old-looking old man has been eating human fingers and human. Like, a human you, finger. You... It was a. It was just a finger. Oh, okay, I was going to say. But how still, did he eat it wasn't very. Hand? It wasn't very chewed up. I can't imagine swallowing like a whole baby carrot whole. Like sometimes, the size sometimes of a the large vitamins. I have a hard time. Yeah, with. Swallowing couldn't eat a whole finger. human finger. <laughs> um. So there's that. Uh, um, I was going to mention Veronica, which was oh, kind I of love a Veronica. Me too. I I, I thought that's it was a really, really good... creepy, and it kind of like. Seems to go a couple different directions, right? Because there's like a haunting and a Ouija board. There's something like a demon that's trying to get in their house at some mm-hmm. point. Um, it's about a teenage girl whose mother works all the time, and she yep. is left to raise her younger siblings. siblings. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I really, really I liked enjoyed it a lot. That. It was really spooky and a well done kind of family mm-hmm. yeah. horror tale. It was a good. It was an interesting dynamic. So. I kind of mentioned this when I was talking about, you know, are things, is it a different dimension? Is there time mm-hmm. travel involved? I don't feel like I was in the right spot when I did watch Time Crimes, but I know that you, didn't you like it a lot more? I didn't hugely like okay. it. I enjoy, I saw it at SIF several years ago at the film festival, and I enjoyed it because yeah. I liked Okay, But seeing it in a theater is a different experience, experience because yeah. you're kind of paying a lot more attention Mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. It was hard to predict. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I did like it. It reminded me a lot of... Um, I wanted to give somebody the opportunity to talk yeah. about it who liked it more than I did. I liked it well enough, but Jim just adored it when he saw it. And I, I, for some reason, thought that you were in that same... What is that one about those two guys who build a time machine in their garage? Primer? Primer. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of Primer with... The fact that the character kept crossing over his own timeline a lot yeah. like that. But I like Primer more. I had to draw a flowchart when I watched Primer. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, how does this work? I think the only other thing that I have that I really wanted to mention, let me look through my list, uh, which I've never been able to watch again, is The Orphanage. Oh, that was also the last thing on my list. Well, there we go. I really enjoyed The Orphanage. Um I liked it, but it was so sad. It, it made very, me. It was very sad, and <laughs> it made me so sad. Yep, and it's which is good because movies should make you have, have emotions. Feelings. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's something that I have kind of wanted over time to give it a rewatch. Uh, but I'm kind of worried that I might have the same feeling. I don't want to have the same reaction with that that I had with Pan's Labyrinth, where it like upset me for a couple devastated of weeks. You? It devastated me and made me realize I can never ever watch it again. Yeah. Um so I'm just kinda holding off on that rewatch. <laughs> I'm gonna save that yeah, feeling save up it. for some time when I need it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I want to be thinking about other things for a while. I'll watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. So I am always looking for more good horror films from oh, Central no. America, South America, Mexico but I don't feel like it's it's hard to find them. 
Because if I go to my local video store, which has a huge Mexican film section, all I can go by are the titles. I can look at all these boxes. There's too many options. We don't know enough about what. And I only know a couple of the Spanish words for for scary. Yeah. So, and... So, if you guys have any recommendations of ones that we've missed... Please recommend stuff to us, because I really enjoy a lot of the tropes that are used in those films, but... I haven't been able to find that many films. Yeah. So please do give us your recommendations. And also, um, uh, just throwing it out there, uh, we we throw back and forth a lot of ideas of podcast themes. Yeah. If you uh, have any ideas for things, types of film you'd like to talk, you like us to talk about. comment at the about. website yeah. at don'treadthelatin.com or on our Facebook page. Uh, we'd love yeah. to hear from you. Um, if, even if you just uh, want to comment on on what you do and don't like about each episode. So uh, one thing I I, I but mostly a, what you do like. Mostly what you do like. We want to hear good <laughs> things. Um, I kind of had an idea because it was um I've been listening to a podcast called The Movie Crush, which I really love because it's people talking about things they like, and I feel mm-hmm. like there's so much in the world that's like really really negative. Oh my god! And did you even look at the news uh, yesterday? No, because well I did, and I'm sad <laughs> for it. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that I really love that he does in his minisodes is he started doing a recommendation for um, a like a, th- a three course recommendation. And what he was doing was a documentary, a foreign film and an animated film. Um, I think there's always all these things that we watch like, either in prep for this or just stuff that we're watching right, now. Like you made a post on your Facebook fa- page asking, what are your five favorite feel-good movies? Yeah. And mine were so far from everyone else's. Yeah. I felt made me sad realize. and lonely. <laughs> like, it made me realize that, yeah, there's a lot that I don't, you know, we don't watch the movies that other people watch necessarily. No. I mean, mine are Preston Sturgis films. <laughs> So I kind of wanted to do, um, maybe, uh, I was trying to think of something cool that we could title it, maybe like recommendations from the vaults. So maybe stuff that we haven't seen recently, but we still want to give Or movies that aren't horror to. movies. And especially movies that aren't horror movies, because I think both of us are pretty right. big cinephiles that we have a lot of stuff that we <laughs> like. You could say that. You could. I, I just did. <laughs> so I don't know if we want to do it for this one. I know we I suggested it. For this it. One. So... Just throw out, like, three movies that you would like to recommend to people. Okay. So, I, I do kind of like the From the Vaults. Recommendations okay. from the Vaults. All right. So, my three movies that um, kind of, like, I uh, just recently watched, well, and it just, but it's, it's within the last little while, but I haven't brought it up, is uh, Black Narcissus. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Oh, my God. So, it's. So- so uncomfortable and uncomfortable stressful. and stressful and then a nun goes crazy and oh then, my god oh watching my god. watching the descent and watching them battle like the representation the isolation of, of the place that they're in women. and the alienation of the children they're teaching oh how those children are they're they are nuns who grew up in a strict in in a white in the white part of the world, yeah. And now they're doing missionary work in Tibet. Tibet, yeah. And they're in a huge isolated place where they're teaching the children, but the children are so different. Yeah. And there's just oh, it the is, dynamics yeah, between um, the nuns and it's a Paolo Pressburger film. The cinematography is just. So, so beautiful. One of the it. reasons I pulled this movie out is it was uh, brought up as uh, one of the inspirations behind Midsummer. It was one of his <laughs> theme inspirations for Midsummer. See, I'm reading nothing about Midsummer. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. A theme inspiration isn't yeah. a huge deal. No, he had a bunch of other stuff that I just didn't want to watch, but I was mm. like, "That's that I'm in for." I'll re- I'll look into that after I've seen the movie. After I've seen the movie, I want to go in holding off. I want to go in cold, but I'm so excited about it. Um, and in a movie that I I only watched, gosh, I mean, we're probably coming up on 20 years ago that mm-hmm. I watched it, but it came up in an article I was reading. Um, Perfect Blue. Which is an anime. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's Sato Ishii Khan is yeah. the director. And it's done as almost a noir. 
Um, and I didn't like it. It was a little too David Lynchy for me. Yeah, and but the but thing is, it's always stuck. That. It's one of those things where it's stuck in my head, mm-hmm. and I've always remembered it. And and it's one of those things where I don't think necessarily liking. It, and that was pretty much the feeling I'd had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's one of those things that I always remember. And uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was um, I've started watching uh, that Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, yeah. And I literally almost, I've only seen the first episode, which talks about uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss uh-huh. Elizabeth. But it had does a lot of interviews with people. And I swear so to God, good. I almost started crying when Jake the Snake Roberts... Because I have seen Jake the Snake Roberts at his worst. Yeah, there's a documentary that I have right now called... The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. I have not watched it yet, but it It is is on my watch list on Hulu. Amazing. And Jim and I will talk because I missed the 90s and the early 2000s of wrestling. And I've watched a little bit recently, but I watched it 82 to 92. And we've talked about... I started watching probably in 94, 95 Yes, I missed all of that. Um, but there's, I think his name is, is it Diamond Dallas? Diamond Dallas Page, Page. DDP. He basically runs kind of a rehabilitation home. He he does right. yoga. Right. And yeah, he, helps... he was on Coast to Coast the other night talking about his yoga program. Yep. And basically what he does is, is he helps rehabilitate wrestlers and actually helps helps them run GoFundMes to cover their rehab and yeah. surgeries that they need to do. Because Which is ridiculous. GoFundMe is the largest insurance com- provider in this country right now. That's fucking depressing. Oh, yeah. I am, I am so tired of stories of how some young child raised enough money to pay off school lunch fees or for his school people banded together to buy somebody because insulin or they it's had, great that they can do that and that they're willing to do but that it's a but shitty it's, fucking world that we live in where we have, have to. to yeah yeah so that's yep. my three from the vault so well that's good because i'm looking forward to watching resurrection of jake the snake because last time i checked in with with uh, jake the snake it was in beyond the mat and he where was, he is in his bed in his hotel bedroom smoking crack with his daughter yep and you're like, this I thought guy he was going to die. I was like, if this guy lives to the end of this interview, it's going to be a miracle. Yep. So, yeah. There we are. I guess we've outed ourselves as wrestling fans. Yes, we have. So I'm going to recommend um, Beyond the Mat, since oh. we were talking about wrestling, which is a great in-depth wrestling documentary. Yeah. Um, Though... It's funny, when you read uh, interviews from some of the wrestlers, mm-hmm. they're very angry about Beyond the Map because some of them felt really exploited in it. But it's, it's you know, it, six, six, you know six half of this and half a dozen of the other, other yeah. you know? I know but that Mick Foley quit wrestling because of it. Oof. Because yeah. it wasn't because of all the stuff he had done in the hardcore extreme Japan wrestling it was because that documentary had pictures of his kids, of his wife watching it. In horror. And he could see how Terri- horrified and yeah. terrified she was yeah. and he, at all the crazy he could, stuff he, he was doing. He could literally die if he gets yeah. hurt again. So, yeah. But he's been doing some great stuff. He wrote he a really is. good book about the Civil War. So, good for him. Exactly. And he's still, I think he's still an announcer. And oh, works. he does I know he so still much. works he does for the, so still much has his philanthropic. job yeah. He does so much philanthropic work. Anyway, so... I'm going to recommend uh, Beyond the Ring. That I think it might yeah, be called Beyond the True Ring. Story of Pro Wrestling. Or I have it on mat. VHS. Beyond the Would mat. you believe it? Beyond. It is Beyond the Mat. It is Beyond the Mat. So I'll recommend that if you want to know about our secret past as people who used to watch a lot of wrestling. <laughs> um, I will recommend a silent film which is a deep cut oh it's such a deep cut oh if you have kids you should show them the films like steamboat bill jr it is super it's short it's like less than an hour long it is really funny and um I've had fun showing Tekla some some old comedy silence. Old comedy silence are really good if you have kids. It gives them an appreciation for films that aren't in color or aren't the newest Disney stuff. (laughs) And they're not Disney, yeah. Um, But I I recently discovered Steamboat Bill Jr. I'd never seen it before. And so good. And so funny. And a delight. And uh, let's see, one more. I am going to recommend, and you may not like this, but... 
suck it up. I'm going to recommend Rocket Man. If you like Elton John music, if you don't like Elton John music, do not see this movie because you will be so annoyed. <laughs> but if you do like Elton John music, it is a terrific fairy tale retelling wonderful. of his life. And it's magical and beautiful and sad and everything I wanted it to be. Yep. I had very low expectations because I really did not like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I still haven't watched it because... It takes all the joy out of being Freddie Mercury. That's sad. If you're Freddie Mercury... He's pretty fucking happy. (laughs) He, I mean, he did have sad parts in his His life. life, But but, overall, yeah. But there were times when, yeah, he was enjoying himself at the height of Queen's fame. (laughs) Yes, he was. (laughs) And they kind of downplay that because he ended up getting AIDS and dying and they make that more the focus of the film. So when they do show him at a party, it's him being all alone at this party. Well, I'm sure while everyone else is having an orgy on the couch. I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) that is not what inside sources say that was like. So, and they downplayed his homosexuality a lot, which they showed it, but they were, they were scared. And that does not happen in uh rocket man no no all right well that i this is a perfect addition this makes me so happy because it gives us the opportunity to talk about things that aren't horror um, and to end the show on a happy note no, absolutely all right I think we usually end on a happy we note usually we don't do. usually end with this is the saddest thing ever here's a story Blah. <laughs> all right goodbye <laughs> goodbye all right see you guys in two weeks Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at DRTL Podcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don'treadthelatin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and fiends about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>